You're listening to Comedy Central. June 25th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Television here to talk about her brand new TV show, The Rook. Olivia Munn is joining us, everybody. <laughs> but before that, we've got to get into the news. And let's be honest, for the past few days, we've mainly been focused on three stories. Uh, America versus Iran, migrant children at the border, and the latest Super Smash Brothers release, The Democratic Primary Race. Yes. <laughs> My favorite move is the Joe Biden death massage. (laughs) But even though those are the main stories, there are tons of other stories happening in the news. The truth is, we just don't have the time to talk about them. Luckily, not enough time is just the right amount of time for a segment we call Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. (laughs) All right, let's kick it off with student debt. These crippling college loans are the reason that you're probably watching The Daily Show right now using your neighbor's Wi-Fi. But there could be a new way to become debt-free. Just don't pay. All student debt, gone in six months. This is a new plan being proposed by Senator Bernie Sanders. The College for All Act, it would create a new tax on Wall Street transactions. It would use that money to free some 45 million Americans for more than a trillion dollars in student debt. Senator Sanders' plan would also make public colleges tuition-free. Today, we are, in fact, offering a revolutionary proposal. The American people bailed out Wall Street. Now it is time for Wall Street to come to the aid of the middle class of this country. Bernie! Bernie! Wow! The man has a plan to get rid of all student debt in six months. Imagine that, huh? Six months! Yeah, student debt is about to get canceled like someone dug up its old tweets. That's what's about to happen. (laughs) And you know what? I'm always impressed by how passionate Bernie is about this issue, especially because it doesn't affect him. He doesn't have student debts. I mean, I don't think he does. (laughs) Well, I don't don't know. Did did they have student loans in ancient Greece? I don't know. (laughs) He's like, tell Socrates, I will not be paying 400 goats for that philosophy class. Now, some, <laughs> some people are saying that the reason Bernie came out with this revolutionary plan is because he wants to one-up Elizabeth Warren's plan, right? She proposed forgiving most student debts. Now, Bernie comes back with forgiving all student debt. Yeah, which means Warren's gotta come back even harder now. Yeah, she's gotta be like, no debt and free textbooks! <laughs> yeah, and then Bernie's gonna come back and be like, oh, yeah, free textbooks, and I'll loan you one of my socks to put on the door when you're getting lucky. <laughs> Now, look, if we had more time, we could compare Bernie's college plan to Elizabeth Warren's plan, and we could discuss whether or not the Wall Street tax would actually work to get rid of student debt, but we can't spend time on this. We can't spend all our time on college because high schools in America are facing a new challenge of their own. 
Many schools named after Robert E. Lee are looking for a new identity. About 100 schools across the country are named after the Confederate general. The schools are looking for ways to keep the name Lee by honoring other historical figures. Keeping part of the school's name helps the school district save money because they won't have to change signs, colors, and mascots. Okay, this is amazing. <laughs> High schools around the country named after Robert E. Lee want to change their names, but in order to save money, the name still has to end in Lee. <laughs> so are they just gonna like cross the thing out? Just be like, not that Lee, other Lee? <laughs> so what, like Spike Lee? <laughs> yeah? I guess so. I don't know, uh, like Stan Lee? Yeah, yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, we're in a roll. Uh, R. Kelly? No? Oh. Okay, okay, fine, let's go back to Robert E. Lee. Fine, fine. <laughs> Like, to be honest, I don't know why these schools are still trying to name themselves after people. People will always let you down. Remember this. <laughs> don't name your shit after people. It's always gonna happen. Or it goes the other way. What happens is the institution will, will ruin the person's reputation. Yeah, look at LaGuardia Airport, right? <laughs> it's named after one of the greatest mayors of New York City. And now, anytime someone hears his name, they associate it with a place where they lost their luggage and contract the typhoid. <laughs> And it really is weird. It is weird to see how deeply ingrained Robert E. Lee is in American culture. Like, do you guys remember that show, uh, Dukes of Hazard? You remember that show? Yeah? Yeah, the hero's car was named the General Lee, which means if they're changing the names of all these schools, they're gonna have to go back and change all of those shows and redub old episodes. Why aren't you slowing down? We're gonna crash. Wish me luck. Wow. Folks, this here is a historic moment. The first jump ever made by... Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, I think it works. I think it works. Now, now you see, if we had more time, we could redub every movie with offensive Civil War references, but we've gotta move on because there's one Civil War reference that deserves to be saved. The Treasury Department's Inspector General is launching an investigation into why the Trump administration has delayed placing Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin blames the delay on the need to boost security features to prevent counterfeiting. But Democratic leader Senator Chuck Schumer isn't buying that explanation and asked the Inspector General to investigate. That's right. The Inspector General is going to investigate as to why the Harriet Tubman $20 bill is not yet being made, huh? It's a good question. What's going on with the Tubman 20? It's taking its time. And can I just say how fun it is to say the Tubman 20? Like... <laughs> no, I, like it, it sounds like the weight you put on in your first year of freedom. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> but like, seriously though, think about it. They announced this bill how long ago? And now they're coming up with all these weird stories. Now they're saying they're worried about security, huh? It's funny how the White House is doing more background checks on Harriet Tubman than they did on anyone who actually works at the White House. <laughs> Or maybe, maybe they're just worried about her, you know? She's famous for escaping. Like, maybe they're worried about her staying on the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what if, what if they reveal the money? They're gonna unveil the bill in the big ceremony, and then when they pull off the curtain, it's like, here she is! Oh, no, she's gone again! <laughs> now, look, we could spend all day talking about how shady it is that this administration has taken so many months to release a bill honoring a runaway slave. But we don't have time for that, because in Oregon, they're dealing with runaway lawmakers. 
In Oregon tonight, there are 11 people missing, 11 state lawmakers who are nowhere to be found as part of a partisan standoff. The body's 11 Republicans did not show up for work again after launching a walkout five days ago to stop the state Senate from acting on a contentious climate bill. They're hoping to run out the clock until the session ends. Some of them even fled the state after the governor threatened to dispatch state police to round them up. One of those senators responded to the governor's warning with a threat of his own. This is what I told the superintendent, send bachelors and come heavily armed. I'm not gonna be a political prisoner in the state of Oregon. It's just that simple. Holy shit. What the hell is going on in Oregon? You understand what's happening here? In order to sabotage a climate change vote that they're afraid they're gonna lose, Republican lawmakers have fled the state yeah, they just run away, and now they can't vote. This is the legislative equivalent of unplugging the Nintendo when your brother's beating you. That's what this is. <laughs> but to be fair, to be fair, when the Founding Fathers were setting up the country, they did believe in three core principles. Separation of powers, independent judiciary, and if you're about to lose a vote, remember to, hey, what's that? So long, sucker! <laughs> that's not democracy. Democracy, these nuts! <laughs> I mean, that's basically what these Republicans have done. And like, lawmakers fleeing a state to sabotage a vote should be the craziest part of any story. But if that wasn't crazy enough, one of those lawmakers, you saw him, he threatened to shoot police if the police tried to bring him back. I mean, did you, did you hear him? He was like, send bachelors, come heavily armed. Like, that's a threat. It's either a threat or it's the tagline for next summer's hangover featuring John Wick. <laughs> but it sounds like a threat. And it's interesting how there are some Republicans out there who have the most contradictory views about law enforcement, right? They'll be like, shut up, shut up, Colin Kaepernick. Blue lives matter. You respect these cops. But if these cops come for me, I'll pop a cap in their ass. <laughs> Those precious blue asses that I honor and respect, unless they try to hold me accountable, then we'll show them the second amendment. <laughs> it's like this the whole time. And look, we don't have time to talk more about these lawless lawmakers because there is one story about the president that we have to make time for. There is a new allegation of sexual assault against President Trump. New York Magazine is out today with an excerpt from an upcoming book by the advice columnist E. Jean Carroll. She says in the mid-1990s, Mr. Trump forced himself on her in a department store dressing room. A friend of Carroll's confirmed to NBC News that Carroll told her about the alleged attack the next day. Yes. For the 22nd time, Donald J. Trump has been accused of sexual misconduct. Yeah, that's almost one accusation for each Democrat running. <laughs> and look, here's the thing. I know that because he's president, there's added skepticism to all of these claims, but it is interesting how quickly people will brush these accusations off, right? Sometimes people don't even listen. But 22 times is pretty high. You realize Boeing had two planes go down and they were forced to ground the entire fleet because people were like, maybe we should investigate what's going on here. And here, people are just like, ah, it's fake. It's all fake news, it's all fake news. And I'm not saying it's real, I'm not saying it's fake, but I do think people should listen. And one thing that definitely hasn't helped Trump's case is the way he's responded to this claim. An extraordinary denial from President Trump in the face of a rape allegation. According to the president, writer E. Jean Carroll is totally lying when she claims he sexually assaulted her in a New York City department store. Mr. Trump tells The Hill, quote, I'll say it with great respect. Number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened, okay? Really? 
right, first of all, that's not great respect. He's like, I'll start with great, that's not saying it with great respect. She's not my type. What is that supposed to mean? If your denial leaves people thinking there is a type of woman you would rape, that's not a good denial. <laughs> yeah. There should be no number one. It should just be, I didn't do it, and that's it. It's like rules for using a bathroom at a party. Only number one, no number twos. You don't add anything else. <laughs> and I don't understand how we're still struggling with this in society. A woman's attractiveness has nothing to do with whether or not they were raped. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> but it shows you... It shows you how out of whack Trump's priorities are. He's being accused of rape, and his first concern is letting people know what his standards are for women. It's like you're accused of murdering someone at a Holiday Inn, and your response is, I stay at the Ritz-Carlton. No! <laughs> That's not what we're focused on. And, and what's strange is that none of these allegations ever seem to have an effect on Donald Trump. Like, do you ever think about... Do you ever think about how many men were held accountable after facing a single credible accusation? This guy's got 22, and it's barely news. And in a weird way, that's the paradox of Donald Trump, right? Because the outrage over his election helped, in many ways, make the Me Too movement. Or not make it, but rather inspire the Me Too movement. They made it mainstream, right? But so far, he's the one who's been immune to its effects. And while many people are pushing for Trump to face some consequences, it seems like nobody in Washington has the time for that. We'll be right back. American school children today will have to fix many of society's problems tomorrow. But is their education giving them the tools they'll need to fight for change? Well, Jabuki Young White went to find out. As The Daily Show's youngest correspondent, I'm most qualified to report on the fact that civics education in America sucks. It's so bad, only one in nine schools require a year of civics classes. But young activists, like members of the Providence Student Union, are demanding higher standards. Which is why I'm here at a small Rhode Island school to interview students who are fighting to fix their education and their futures. After school special. What's lit, fam? Who are you? I'm the new transfer student. My name is Chad. I am 17. Yeah, old as <laughs> No, I'm not. You, you smell old. I'm not old! After some convincing, I gained the trust of Ahmed and Alida, the student organizers asking for better civics education in Rhode Island. Civics is important to me because I still see that there are people that are like, voting isn't important. And I think that young people especially should also understand like the way how systems were built and how the world works. Like how can you go about life not knowing your rights or how to pay taxes or anything like that? Okay, but you don't actually have to pay taxes. That's a myth. No, you, you, you have to pay taxes. Like, you have to pay taxes. Is this real? That's why we need civics class in high school. But I mean, I do, I do civics all the time. I'm like constantly sending out civic tweets. I'm like, hashtag Green New Deal, hashtag Coney 2020. Sometimes if I just need to get all my civics in one tweet, I'll just say like, hashtag woke. And then, <laughs> boom, civics. That's not even close. Wow. You basically just talked about social media. I mean, let's face it, we're teens. There's nothing that we can do to make our school teach us civics. 
Um, I kind of have to disagree with you on that one. Me and Ahmed are teens. The shirt's not fooling anyone. Two, me and Ahmed are suing the United States government for civil classes in all schools. Wow. You heard that right. My same aged friends were suing the government for civics education in schools. Alida and Ahmed are making their case with the help of Columbia professor and oldest person I know, Michael Rebell, who's been fighting for education equity most of his career. The U.S. Supreme Court said every child in this country has a right to an equal educational opportunity. But kids who come from low-income backgrounds, many kids of color, don't have meaningful opportunities. So why did you decide to sue Rhode Island and not a state that everyone hates like New Jersey? We looked at what states have the worst education system when it comes to civics, and also where would the community be supportive? If we get the Supreme Court to declare that there's a national right to education, state legislatures and school systems will act on it, it'll make a huge difference. You know, 50% of the American public cannot name the three branches of government. Can you do it? Uh, federal, executive, and the Supreme Court, notorious RGB. She's one of nine justices. Yeah, nine, yeah, there's RGB, uh, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson. Wait a minute, you're mentioning all the actors in the Avengers. They are not Supreme Court justices. I left one off. The Hulk. Do you even know who your representative in Congress is? It doesn't really matter about my representative because I know who my senator is. It's Bernie Sanders. I don't think Chuck Schumer's gonna like that answer. Who the f is Chuck Schumer? He's your senator from New York. I think you've got a long ways to go on civic knowledge, I'm sorry to say. Did I not get an education? That's the kind of unfortunate reality that uh, we're trying to grapple with. Thank you for teaching me that I'm dumb. Wait a minute, that is not the message I'm trying to get across. I hear you loud and clear. I'm a dumbo. I'm dumb, I'm dumb. I'm a dumb head. You're obviously very smart from our conversation. Oh my but God, they were right. Boys do go to Jupiter and get more stupider. I'm gonna be right back. Okay. This wise old man made me realize how- Do you have a hall pass? We're not in a school building right now. Okay, well then can I go to the bathroom? You can go to the bathroom. Oh, sorry. May I go to the bathroom first? Okay. So maybe us teens do need better civics education. And though this case still has a long way to go, its success will ensure future generations the education Alita and Ahmed missed out on. The ultimate goal for me is that people are more civically engaged and, you know, we have government representation that reflects the population. Wow. <laughs> I learned so much today. And I hope you did too. Teach out. I thought you were a team. Class dismissed. Chibuki Young White, everyone, we'll be right back. is an actor who plays a government agent in a new supernatural spy thriller on stars called The Rook. Please welcome Olivia Munn. <laughs> welcome back to the show, Ms. Munn. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back. Uh, and congratulations on yet another show. 
where you Thank are playing you. another supernatural person with supernatural abilities. Yep. Is this just like your thing? Like you're just like, yeah. I just want to kick ass in, in movies It is really and fun TV shows. to be able to kick ass in yeah? movies. Yeah? Because I feel like you got all of that training. How many hours did you spend training when you did like martial arts training? Uh, well, we, my whole family, all the kids in the family had to do Taekwondo from the age of four up until we got to black belt. And oh, wow. Yeah, so then I got to second degree black belt and then... Was and that I, like second degree murder? How does that work? <laughs> No, you, what is second degree well, black? Like, you have like to... Like blacker belt? It's on <laughs> and black. What is, what is second... No, you get like these, you get like tabs on your belt to show that you, you've completed, because you know, black belt's the highest, then you, you start to just take more tests. To but get... if it's the highest, well, how do you have higher? I feel There's like someone didn't higher. realize there was higher and then they got to black and then they were like, like, now oh. we just need to fake it and add more <laughs> things. So you were, wait, so you got to black belt. Yes. But then you also did training for, for, for like X-Men, for instance. Right, so for X-Men, when I was, I mean, I signed on to that movie. I said, I only, I, I want to do this movie only if there's a big fight scene. Because I right. know that Psylocke is such a, a fighter and she's so badass. And so they're like, yes, of course. And when we get there, the, the stunt person they had for me was very talented, very athletic, but had never done any fighting before. And right. You know, it, it's it's very different when it's part of like your DNA when you know how to do it. And so I said that I would rather just me do all of my fight scenes and my stunts in X Men. So I started training six, seven hours a day. Now your new character has different superpowers. This is this is a supernatural spy thriller. It yep. basically takes place in London, as I understand. Mm -hmm. And it like I mean the, the opening scene is crazy because you you just have like it's it's under under a bridge and then there's like a bunch of people who are just like passed out and you don't know if they're dead or not. And then they're, someone they're, wakes up. They're dead. They're dead. They're not. I don't. I wasn't that, I'm I was sure. Like, that, I'm sorry. That wasn't clear enough. I didn't want to. Well, I didn't want to assume. I was just like, oh, maybe that person's awake. Like tired. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe someone read them a story and they all fell asleep at the same. I don't know. Yeah, they fell asleep with their eyes open like this. I don't. Hey, sometimes I'm just like, ah, I'm too tired to close yeah. my eyes. I just. But 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 it's a it's a scary story where you realize there's something supernatural going yeah. on, and then we understand that your character works for America, and then there's a British agency, and they're basically trying to like corral all of these supernatural people, but you're one of them. God, you're so good at describing the show. Thank you. Like, I, you're doing such a good job. I, tr I try. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, my, so the, it's this world where there are um, these government agencies and they, they recruit people who have extreme variant abilities. Right. And all of our special abilities are rooted in whatever we as human beings have. So um, my character has extreme strength. Okay. And um, somebody else can like hear a whisper in a crowd of thousands or see for miles. So they're not superpowers, it's like superhuman powers. Oh, I see. So it's just right. like really extended versions of the things we already have. Yes, huh. exactly. I feel like the whisper one is really cool and but strength is like, you, you could have just gone to the gym for that one. No, <laughs> no, I can, I, my character can, like I can- Like how put, strong? Like I can push a deadbolt out with just my thumb, just like a tap of my thumb. So she can push a deadbolt like out- With the tap of her thumb. With the tap. Yeah, and so no gym is going to get me there, you know? Right. You know, like, yeah. Is, is that a superpower you would have chosen as a person? If you could, okay, if you could, if you could like take any of your superpowers to the extreme, any human oh, thing. human thing. What would you take to the extreme? Oh, what would you? I need more inspiration. I Somebody would, asked me this and I can't, can't figure what, it if, out. But it has to be a human extended thing. So yes, I wouldn't okay. go with like, I'm trying to think, it has to be something. I would have superhuman taste. <laughs> That's what I would want. Oh yeah, you laugh. Wait, you laugh. why? You laugh. But what if you eat but something that tastes be, so bad? Yeah, but I would want to be able to trace why it tasted bad so that I could go back to the first person that made it taste bad. Do you get what I'm saying? Like trace it all the way back and be like specifically go to one person in the kitchen and be like, you! <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes, have you ever eaten food and then it makes you sick? And then the next day you're like, I must have eaten something. Imagine if you knew what that something was, huh? <laughs> I use that superpower. I use that superpower. Yeah, mm -mm, that's brilliant. Guys.
and then I use, I use that, that behavior. Yeah, I use that superpower to he, sue the people, and then I become rich. Bam! Super taste buds. What would you choose? I, I, I would want super strength. I think it's like it's the best. I don't need to. If I'm so strong, I'm just, I'm capable of anything. Olivia, what are you gonna do with super strength in the real world? Like, what are you gonna do? Bags have wheels now, so what are you gonna do with the super strength? <laughs> Where are you taking the super strength to? You know what, you're, I mean, I, You can't punch people, you're gonna get sued? You're, you're so, a celebrity, what are you gonna do? You can't have super, oh what are you, God, super, you, you why know, do you need super strength? I actually thought it was a strong choice, and you've literally, in like three seconds, convinced me. You're right, there's nothing I can do with it. Yeah. There is nothing I could do with it. Even super smell would be better. I, okay, then, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Wouldn't okay, it no, nice... it'd be super hearing so that I can, like, listen to people have, co you know, like, contract negotiations, that's helpful, or oh, I can hear what people are talking about. Oh, that's nice, that's things. nice. You'd be Woo. like, I'll be outside, but you're really inside. And I'm like, like, don't that. worry. <laughs> that's nice. Oh, I just feel like, I just feel satisfied that you, you agreed. See? And then we would be a superhero team together. We'd go around together, and then you could listen and be like, oh, someone's cooking, and I'll be like, let me taste what's going on. <laughs> and then we solve crimes. We just made a new TV show. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back to the show. Oh my God, I think we should sell that. <laughs> Amazon, Netflix, you guys listening. The Rook premieres June 30th at 8 p.m. on Stars. Olivia Munn, everybody. <laughs>